When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, baseball family, to another episode of the Baseball Together podcast. Today we have current events and yet another special interview. We'll bring it to you right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. As I said, welcome back, baseball family. I am Brig, and I'm here, as always, with our main man, Brad. That's right. That's How right. are you, Brad? Good. How are you, Brick? You know, I'm pretty good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> good, and you? Yeah. Are you excited? Well, yeah, so good, bad. and you? How are you now? <laughs> yeah. Are you excited are you excited to talk about baseball today? <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about baseball today. Like Me too, because so guess excited. what? Baseball started today. I know. It did. For those of you listening, it was on Sunday, but today is Sunday, and we're that's when we're talking about things. And we are so excited about it. I will tell you that my MLB TV subscription didn't work. Um, what? Somehow. I don't know. <laughs> so I tried to get on and listen to the ball games today, and it wouldn't let me. And oh, thought, my God. Oh, man. Did I share it with too many people? Or, like, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. So I will be contacting customer service. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and discussing the problem. But so also waiting up. for T-Mobile to give me free MLB TV. I'm very excited about that. Yes. Um, if you're a T-Mobile user and you do not know that on T-Mobile Tuesdays they give you free MLB TV, uh, I think it's uh, what is it March 17th or something like that. They're going to give it away. So jump on there and uh, don't take my slot. Okay, good enough. <laughs> so only two of today's spring training games went to nine innings. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I mean that's bad. It is bad. <laughs> it's it's very strange, but it's also like it is bad. Um I bad. I don't I get it. It's the first day of spring training and and here's the thing. They have special rules this year. We're going I do. I think we're just going to have to get used to special rules. Um yeah. So what they said for spring training was um the teams can contact the league office and let them know that they're playing anywhere between 5 and 9 innings. So they can end the game after five innings if they let the league know the day before. Um, I think the shortest yeah. today was six innings. There were a couple of games that went six, but there were a couple yeah. went seven, a couple went eight. And then the only ones that went nine, you had um, the Cardinals and Nats tied at four, and then the Mariners and Padres, the Mariners walked it off five to four. Yeah. So it's I don't even know if those were necessarily planned to go nine or if they were just like, you know what, we're tied, let's go ahead. Because the Mariners and Padres, I want to say, were tied in the fifth. Oh, were they? Yeah, so that that oh. game was tied for a while before my guy Julio Rodriguez walked it off. Our guy. That's right. Did you say our guy? I, I can say our guy. I said my guy, but he can be our guy. <laughs> no, <just laughs> say my. <No. laughs> but, but like, so I, I don't like the rule. I don't like that because you've got people paying to come into those games. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... I, I got my tickets for um for a couple weeks from now. 
Wilson and I are going to yeah. go to a game. And if we show up and, you know, we, we get to the game, we like, like I said, we bought our tickets end of February. We're going to go the middle of March. And if we walk in and they say, today's game will only be five innings. Well, I wouldn't have bought today's game if I had known it was right. going to be five innings. Exactly. So, granted, I have a six-year-old who may or may not last the whole time. <laughs> I want to have the opportunity to last the whole time. You know, that could be a cool marketing thing, though. Today's game will be seven innings, perfect for families. I don't know. That yeah, that's true. But you've got huh. to prorate those tickets. I'm not paying full pop for seven inning game. Nope. Well, I got to tell you, I got the news today that our our tickets were canceled. What? Yeah. I, here's what it says, and this is incredible. I don't know what happened, but the actual announcement, this is from my buddy who's local down in Tampa. He says, the seller isn't able to deliver your tickets, which means we had to cancel the order. We're sorry this happened. Canceled the order, blah, 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 all this stuff. I was going to see the Phillies play the Yankees on the, uh, I think it was the 28th. Um, but so obviously we both jump on and try to buy tickets and guess what? They're all gone. Oh yeah, I mean they sold. I know that I got the the Mariners presale because I'm a subscriber to their mailing list, and then they were yep. gone within twelve hours of like going on sale to the public. I got another. So email we had tickets, gone. we had tickets, and now we can't go. So did you buy them through StubHub? Is that the problem? I don't know where he bought them. I honestly, um, mm. but that makes sense. Yeah. Now that you say it that way, I don't know. That's a bummer, man. But it's a big bummer. Anyway, so I'm with you, though. Even though I'm feeling upset about not being able to go to the game, I, at the same time, wouldn't pay for five-inning game at the mm-hmm. same rate. I would I would be upset yeah. for sure. Um, well, and, and then beyond the that. experience. <laughs> and beyond that, you're not even getting uh, – you're not, you're not even getting 54 outs, right? Or right. 27 on each side, however, you know. If you don't play the bottom of the ninth, right, whatever. Exactly. But uh, because the other rule that they're doing is the defense can end the inning any time after the pitcher has thrown twenty pitches. So even if you're playing nine, even if they're playing nine, you're not getting a true nine inning game. Like I, I wanted to see if the Mariners and Padres played a true nine inning game. I don't think the Mariners even got two outs in the top of the first. Whoa. Before they called that inning. You know. Okay, and, so Brad, listen. Is this, is this because, like we know it's cheating the fans, but let's let's try and talk about it from the players and the managers and the owners and stuff like those perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. If we're to apply some logic to this, obviously it's the first game of spring training, but these rules apply throughout the month, right? Yeah, and and then there's um you know we're warming up arms and mm-hmm. everybody's but but pitchers and catchers already reported. Like that's yeah. what they were supposed yeah. to be doing. So yeah. I'm trying really hard to understand why this is okay, and uh, and who's who's really benefiting from it. Like I and maybe you know it's something we just don't understand. But well, what, what I, are your thoughts? Like this this why, is the why big these thing. rules. This is the big thing to me, as far as I understand it, is that um, they're staggering spring training because they don't want to have a hundred guys in the spring training facility all at once. 
you know, because right. there are, you know, there are the guys who would have been playing rookie ball or whatever, playing short season A, whatever, wherever they're going to be this year, they're not going to make the big league club. There's no real reason for them to be with the big league club other than to get experience facing big league pitching or pitching to big league batters. Yeah. But, you know, there are guys who in spring training who don't get with the big league squad. They don't get on that big field. They spend the entire spring and then some on the backfields playing simulated games and things like that. Basically what we're yeah. watching now. Yeah. So those guys are not in camp right now. They're staggering to have those guys wait. Like uh they yeah. they're not coming in right now and so they don't have the arms. Like you can't you can't throw 15 guys in a spring training game this year cuz you don't have that many guys okay. every single day. And you don't want to mm-hmm. and you definitely don't want to throw a position player in spring training, right? <laughs> I mean, you run out of pitchers, and then you're like, well, we got to bring in second base. No, I've seen spring <laughs> training games end in like the seventh or eighth inning because they're like, well, we're out of pitcher, so we're just going to call it a day. And both yeah. and the other manager's like, yeah, it's fine. We don't want anybody to get hurt, so let's just end it. I mean, that makes sense. And I think the fans should go into it with a certain level of understanding that this is the point, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we are paying for the privilege of, of watching these games quote unquote because mm-hmm. it is a modified everything everything's modified mm-hmm. yeah. everything everything about it is is uh developmental and mm-hmm. assessment and that's it yeah so so i think maybe what has happened is we've just gone so many years of it being the same and we've been given the gift for so yeah. many years that now they've stripped it back to what it's essentially supposed to be and we're going to get huffy about it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think you're right because last year I remember watching when they had those summer camps. You know, um, yeah. I would watch I would watch the Mariners scrimmage every day on on YouTube because I'm a junkie. And at the end of every inning, they would have the last batter. No matter what happened, they would have him run out the hit. You know, if he struck out, they'd have him sprint to second base, and then they would um, they get the pitching machine out in front of the third base dugout. And yeah. they'd send a fly ball out to the outfield and work on yeah. relays. And that was after the third out of every inning, like regardless. That's awesome. And so, yeah, it, it was cool to see that that's how they run their simulated games. They run their inter-squad scrimmages. Um, and I don't think we'll see anything like that. Now, you know, we won't see anything that informal. But, no, you're absolutely right that they're stripping it back and we're getting more of a look at the approach to exhibition baseball. Which is cool, right? And if I think if we can if we can still view it from a position of gratitude and say, look, we're, you know, we're still paying for the privilege here, Mm -hmm. right? We're paying for a behind the curtain look at what's going on. If what we see behind the curtain is not what we like, then we don't have to buy a ticket anymore. Right. Yeah, it's true. And you know, I I think I would be more okay with it if the backfields were open and you got the full experience, you know, you, you, you show up, you know, a couple hours early to the game, you go over, you see guys taking batting practice, you get to interact with some of the players, get a ball signed, whatever, get some pictures. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you go over to the game, get your hot dog, sit down and, and then watch the game. And at that point, if they're only playing five, six innings, five, six, I'm fine with that. Absolutely. Especially, like I said, I've got a six year old with me who's at that point is going to be ready to go toast by five toast. He's out. Yeah, yes. and a lot of people are. You see a lot of people after five or six innings get up and go get lunch or an early dinner. Makes perfect sense. So, right? No, yeah, I think that, I think that's, that's where great. I have the issue with it is that they're cutting back the spring training experience so much mm-hmm. that it's like it's a it's just a bare bones experience now and has the potential to be like minimal when you're paying full pop. 
Yep, and the pay the pay is the problem, right? The cost benefit analysis goes out the window. Uh huh. Yeah. For most fans, but the and the, there's always the danger for me, and this is the last thing I'll say about this. But there's always the danger of them going, yeah, well, it worked in spring training, and nobody threw a fit. Like, let's just bring it into the regular season. Oh, these crazy rules or something. And I don't think, I mean, hopefully, some of this would never happen. But yeah. the fact that it's allowed at all, you know, like. It just, to me, it just inches closer to a precedent, and uh, that becomes normalized and then accepted. Well, so, seven-inning double-headers double have already been normalized. Exactly. I know and we talked about how it's a, nice only having to watch 14 innings in one day, but at the same time, it's a, it, it is a slippery slope. It is. So, uh, that's my only concern. All right, let's move on. Okay. Um, we have to talk about teams manipulating service time. It's a mm-hmm. hot topic. It we talk about it every year. It's never going to go away until it until it changes, right? Until it, right. until it does actually go away. So Garrett Cole says that it's actually not helping anybody, right? Like mm-hmm. nobody's benefiting from the service time manipulation. But that's not true. What what's happening is that the the owners and the teams they're benefiting greatly from this. Uh, let's call it a racket. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> it's sanctioned uh, illegality or whatever. So, I mean, before we get too far into this, then you bring that up. I mean, does the union have cause to bring up charges of racketeering against owners? Oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Let us uh, examine the definition of racketeering. That. I, I'll look it up right now. You filibuster. Okay. Well, and so this is the thing. This is why this came up. We talked last week about Kevin Mather, the former, now former CEO of the Mariners, um, because he was talking about how Jared Kellenick didn't sign a long-term deal. Kellenick came out this week and he said, well, they told me they weren't going to call me up in 2020 because I didn't sign that extension. And as a Mariners fan, I was not like super surprised, but still pretty surprised that he did not make it up in the 2020 season. I was expecting to see him last year. And then Kellenick doubled down on that and said, I don't get the impression I'm going to be seeing the big leagues in 2021 until a month in, which is that, you know, that special window, like we saw with Chris Bryant with the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. That if they don't get that first month of service time, then they don't get this year. And so they can, the team has an extra year of control uh, on that contract. And so he's saying the Mariners aren't going to call him up until basically, you know, May of this season, so they get that extra year on his contract. But I have an easy solution for the Mariners before we get into racketeering brick. I have a simple okay. solution. <laughs> Put Jared Kellenick on the freaking opening day roster. That's all you got to do. Right. All you have to do. Keep that extension on the table and say, if you want it, you can have it, you can sign it. If not, we'll negotiate when time comes. But here is your full year of service time. That's all you got to do. Yeah. So... So, in that definition, that's more closely aligned with extortion. Because extortion, the definition of extortion is the practice of obtaining something, especially money, mm-hmm. through the force of threat. Right? So, it's a coercive mm, tactic. Yeah. What they've done is instead of benefiting or obtaining, they're, they're withholding things. For this, But this is their force. This is the threat. Right? Like, we mm-hmm. are not, you will not be called up because you didn't sign an extension. If yeah. that's on the record somewhere, there might, you know, there might be a case there. But back to this service time thing, 
definition of racketeering is is simply dishonest or fraudulent business dealings. And that's I'd say the, that's the dictionary <laughs> definition, and that's exactly what this is. <laughs> yeah. Um. I wonder if there's a if there's a more robust definition because that's a really general definition of racketeering. But it um, is. But I I think that. I mean, I, I'm like 99 to 100% sure that Kellenick and his agent and the union are going to file a grievance against MLB, and they will win. Yeah. Absolutely 100% will win. Um, I mean, there's a chance he could possibly get some of last year tacked onto his mm. service time. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if he wins an appeal and wins the grievance... Um, but like I said, if, if they put him on the opening day roster, it's not, I don't feel like it's as big of an issue. They can, all they have to do is admit, okay, uh, we think you're ready and this is our proof. We're not going to hold you back. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I think that's what they need to do. Okay. I just have to get into this a little bit because this is interesting. <laughs> so... The perpetrators often offer fraudulently offer a service that will not be put into effect. They offer a service to solve a non-existent problem, or they offer a service that solves a problem that would only exist because of the racket itself. So, so particularly on, the putting the, the on potential the problem, <laughs> yeah, the potential problem <laughs> may be caused by the same party that offers to solve it for you, but in fact is concealed because there's actually no intent. To uh, <laughs> the the problem wouldn't exist if if the problem didn't wasn't exist. being presented with a ready made solution. Wow! So this is pretty pretty interesting <laughs> because that sounds an awful lot like, yeah, actually you can't. Uh, we're not going to call you up. Why? Well, well, you know, it'll cause all these problems. See, <laughs> well, what problems? Internally. Well, you know, it's all paperwork. <laughs> It's all this paperwork stuff, and you wouldn't understand. But really, you know, you and everybody else are going to be a lot better off. See, if you just uh, <laughs> you just do it our way, what happens if I don't do it your way? Well, we can't see that's not possible because <laughs> we're not going to let that happen. Why are you going to let that happen? Because we uh, we make all the rules and, and antitrust uh, so laws. Impunity that too. So and what? Antitrust laws, so exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh man, that's oh my goodness. You know, after reading Bloodsport, I wondered if MLB was a crime syndicate. <laughs> yeah, I'm beginning to feel more and more that that could be a real possibility. <laughs> oh boy, it's pretty intense. Yeah, that's and a you talk scary. about the the wages. You talk about the the earning disparity with minor leagues and all the way up, and it's like mm-hmm. that's even more evidence um yep 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 anyway uh hey brig you had you had a really cool article that compared service time to like real world stuff yeah let me pull that up really quick so i I was reading the new york post oh come on y'all read the new york post come on (laughs) we all know and uh it was talking about service time and this is what it said it said this great analogy new york post let's see joel sherman is the author. And Joel's, Joel's, Joel wrote, Imagine you finish at the top of your class at Harvard Law or Johns Hopkins Medical, and you are told at graduation that you are... Well, it just jumped. See these ads. 
Uh, you're told at graduation that you will not be hired for six months, not because you are unqualified, but because it is a way for an institution to maintain control over your services for an extended period and limit your earnings, perhaps for your entire career. It's like that's yeah. That's what the service time thing. To me, that was a really poignant way of bringing it back to the layman, right? To helping yeah, anybody understand what's going on. Well, and not only that, but you can take it a step further and you can say, but every day during that six months and beyond, you have the potential as, you know, as a surgeon to break a finger and never be, never be able to perform surgery again. If that happens That's before right. six months, you don't get any of that contract. If it happens during the six months, you get like the rest of your pay for that year and that's it or you know a lawyer something happening with his voice or whatever you know yeah and you're not able to perform the job anymore so like not only are they controlling you but you're at tremendous risk of not actually being able to perform your job during ever get there or gap yeah yeah or even perform it going forward so no i thought that was a perfect description i think it's a great way to go me too so yeah, it was really that was really intense and I couldn't really understand what like what the deal is. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, let's talk about our last our last topic for for today uh current events section. Um this is this is kind of the back page piece of news and it shouldn't be and that's why we wanted to bring it up. Yeah. Marla Miller has served as Major League Baseball Senior Vice President of Special Events for 21 years. And she is stepping down from her position. And you think, okay, guys, why are we talking about a Senior Vice President of Special Events? Well, <laughs> what we're about to tell you, okay? So, <laughs> Marla Miller, she was MLB's first female Senior Vice President, and she has been in charge of planning the All-Star Game, the World Series, any ceremonies and entertainment, including national anthem singers, uh, for 21 years, right? Mm-hmm. And she has been instrumental in launching the All-Star Fan Fest, the All-Star Red Carpet Show, the All-Century Team, the Memorable Moments Campaign, and special events like the Little League Classic, especially the one that was at Fort Bragg in 2016. And this is all from ESPN. I'm reading this list. And uh, and even the Field of Dreams game in Iowa. That's this is all instrumental because of of Marla Miller. So um, you want to take it all the way back. She's also been instrumental and took charge of planning, according to ESPN, the winter meetings and the owners meetings. So these things that we take for granted, these things that we think have been around forever, and oh my gosh, what a good idea! This is a lot of it has to do with Marla Miller, and after 21 years of service. To Major League Baseball, we should, as fans, where her efforts have gone to support, I think, give her a nod. For sure. Well, and something like the like the Field of Dreams game that we're yeah. like they announced it, and we're like, oh, that's super cool. How's it going to work? I don't know. They'll figure it out. She figures it out. <laughs> she figures it out. Yeah, <laughs> her and her team figure it out. That's yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And then like the little the Little League Classic. I don't think there's any been anything that's been better a better way to get players to interact with little leaguers than the little league classic which you know i know it's a select group of of little leaguers who get to actually have that experience but kids seeing that experience is a big deal totally 
and I think I think that that's been one of my favorite things that's been that's come down in Major League Baseball and probably golly, I don't even know 20 25 years something like that um yeah I, th- I think it's great um I hope they bring in somebody who is as creative and as good at their job as Marlon Miller has been because like you said that's a position we've all taken for granted but we've all enjoyed what she's done that's right so well and how who can who can uh forget charlie blackman's uh red carpet walks i mean come on like (laughs) that event was made for him and guys like like him so i think we should be grateful we have the opportunity to see him in his cutoffs (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) all right with that baseball family we're going to take a quick break and when we get back we're going to come at you with a very special interview and we think you'll enjoy it i'm jason and I'm David, and we're the hosts of the Non-North Sports Podcast, where the home of sports talk for everyone. Join us bi-weekly as we talk about the happenings in sports. You can find the Non-North Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Welcome back, baseball family. We have a special guest with us tonight. We have Jewel Young, actually somebody who I met through the Rays community because of we, you know, we talk every week about uh, Rays Energy. He and I, we are also we're part of a Rays group on Facebook. So, welcome, Jewel. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Great, we're happy to have you. So, we're going to give you the same treatment we give all of our guests. We're going to go through the rundown and see if you can handle it. All right, you all ready right, for this? Bring it. I'm ready. Ready as I'll ever be. All right, your first question. What is your quest? My quest. Mm-hmm. My quest is to, I, I guess my quest is to help educate, not educate, but let everyone know about baseball, just to keep them updated, to let everyone in on the know, and just for baseball to spread, the love of the game to spread, and love that I have for everyone else to have. Awesome. Next question. What is your favorite color? Uh, it's going to have to be Seahawk Navy and Seahawk, uh, bright green. Ooh, Brad is excited about that. I am excited about that. I do love those colors. (laughs) And the Mariner teal and the Mariner teal. Yeah. The Mariner teal is very nice. The, the Seahawks lime green, like I really like it a lot, but I do not like the lime green uniforms. You know, when they go all lime, it's too much. It's too much. Too much. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Too much of a good thing. There is such a thing. All right. If your team, the Seattle Mariners, same with mine, were a beverage, what would it be? Mountain Dew. Oh, 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 oh my god! Fast, dude. Oh my! Got my diet, oh, dude. You gotta be kidding! <laughs> I literally went to the gas station right before this, and I got a Mountain Dew, like <laughs> two peas. Holy smokes! See, I Unreal. knew you were both heathens. I just knew it. <laughs> oh come on, Brig! You're just jealous. <laughs> let's be a northwest thing (laughs) all right go ahead brig uh next question is if you could name your dog after a baseball player at any era it doesn't matter who it is what would you name your dog griffy that is the correct answer maybe Edgar. (laughs) actually well no Edgar's not a dog name griffy griffy you could name him bone like jay buner bone dog bone i don't know <laughs> i i would if i was gonna do jay buner i would just do buner buner that yeah 
I think it's I think it's probably the right way to go there. Bone is too much of a dog pun to be a to be a good dog name. I think I think you've got a valid point there. And then I think of Brett Boone. And, you know. Oh yeah, we don't need Brett Boone. <laughs> no. we, we don't need all that. We don't need all that. <laughs> we don't need to bring no. him in. <laughs> good choice. Good choice. Griffey, I like it. Okay. What is your favorite fourth inning snack? Ooh, if I'm in the fourth inning, I've already probably had too many sunflower seeds, but I still have them. I'm not really into peanuts, but I'm probably going, probably going like a cotton candy or a lemonade. Mm. Mm. Very nice. Follow-up question real quick. How do you feel about the garlic fries at T-Mobile? Out of this world. They shouldn't even be allowed to serve them. They're that good. They're the best. I say it I all the time. This. I'm always talking this about the garlic Brad. fries. Brad. He's they, raving about them. Yep. Brad, you got you to gotta try them. They just don't have them on the East Coast because you guys just can't do it, do it like us. But It's true. It's yep. true. But I'll get out there one day and we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Uh, I heard what Ravenly is has your, good ones too. What's your favorite baseball life lesson or parallel to life? um favorite baseball life lesson by far is patient kind of letting the life and the game come to you uh something something i've always learned that's like one of the biggest things i took from the game is patience um and just applying it because every if you're watching the game you got to be patient if you're playing you got to be patient you got to and just be ready to attack when the opportunity is there so i would say i would say between those that's it Awesome. Solid. Solid. Like that. Solid. Yeah. What is the name of your yacht? Um, ooh. Man, I would have to go to Kingdom. Nice. Kingdom. That's a good one. If you could grab a piece of MLB memorabilia, which, what is it? What you grabbing for, for money's not an object. Oh, I'm. Uh, I want to say I want to grab that sixty-five thousand dollar Babe Ruth signed baseball Costco had, um, but no, I'm going. I'm going the ball that Felix used when he tossed his perfect game. Oh, solid, brilliant. That's really good. That is really really good. I like that. Or Ichiro's last hit, or his last the last bat he used in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that would. Oh man, I can't. I don't even know how much that would cost. That would be unreal. Anyway, I'll settle right. with a cleat. What's that? I'll settle for a cleat. Yeah, one of those guys. <laughs> even like know? a single spike, not even yeah. like the shoe, <laughs> Just, like a single spike. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Uh, when it comes to hats, snapback, fitted, or flex fit. So I have a problem with flex. I no no flat bill, no no fitted. That's not me. I can't. I hate flex fit because my head is between a medium and a large, mm-hmm. and so I have to do that thing when you roll. You have to I have to roll up the back for it to fit mm. to like stay in stay in yep. place. So yep. I do snap back, but I have to wear it at an angle because again my head's not won't fit. I get it. Somehow, as I've aged, I've gotten to the point where my hats don't go on straight, like naturally anymore. I don't know what it is. And nothing makes me crazier than a crooked hat, especially on my own head. So I have to like 
put it on and then like center either look in the mirror or feel the sides of the bill you know yes and oh man i I don't know what it is like as i've aged i don't know if my head has changed shape or whatever but but yeah it just doesn't go on straight anymore it drives me insane absolutely insane hey last question what is your korean baseball team of choice oh korean um Kia Tigers? Are they KBO? They are. They are. Ding, nice. ding, ding. Very good. Nice. Very good. It's the That's wrong answer, choice. but you got you got one. You got one. You got, oh, yeah. I, I was, I, my first thought was Rakuten Eagles because uh, Tanaka just re-signed with them. That uh, oh, was yeah. like the latest NPB KBO thing that I've seen. And so <laughs> yeah. I was like, Rakuten yeah. Eagles. <laughs> no, yeah. we, both, we both decided that we were going to be Dinos fans. And the dinos are the champs, so we—that's the right answer. But no, we'll give you credit for K, for uh, Kia Tigers. That's that's perfect. The dinos are where um that's where um Sungbum Na played plays, right? Yep. Nice. yep, that's right. Yep, that's this hat that I have on is a oh a nod to the the NC Dinos at our shop. Nice. But anyways, all right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we get back, we're gonna talk some Negro leagues with Jewel because he has some connections. No matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with 9 Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. We are here with Jewel. He is he has some connections with Negro Leagues baseball, and we wanted to give him a chance to tell us about his connections with that part of baseball's history and uh, kind of introduce us to some of those topics. Jewel, why don't you tell us a little bit about your your affiliations with the Negro Leagues? Perfect. So I know I don't know if you guys think this one's going on YouTube or not, but if YouTube, I don't know if they're seeing me or not, but First glance, you're probably thinking, how does this guy have affiliation with the Negro League? Um, I know these guys are thinking the same thing. I know, I know these two are thinking the same thing. Like, they, I told him, I told Brad, and he's like, you probably questioned his entire life. Um, but so, so the whole backstory, I started, I've always been a writer, right? I've always been writing since like middle school, the short stories, random stuff here and there. I've always loved baseball, always had love of the game. Um, Played until I tore my tore my UCL when I was a senior in high school. Uh, up until then, always writing. You know, I knew I was part African American. I'm a quarter African American, uh, but I thought it all was from my dad's side. Until a little bit when I was about 1920, I found out that my maternal grandfather was actually from Haiti, uh, so Pacific Islander. But back in early America during that whole time. It didn't matter where you're from. It was just a color of your skin. Um, so my great-great-grandfather, he went by the, the name of Faye, uh, Faye Young, um, or Frank Albert Young. He signed all his stuff Faye, um, and he's considered the dean of Negro sports writers. So he was, he's a large part of the reason that we have a lot of the 1920s, 1930s um, Negro League history that we do. Um, as well as a lot of African-American boxers and um, sports writers. He really set the path for that. He was the founding member 
um, of the Chicago Tribune, Chicago Defender sport, sports page. Uh, that's his crown, crowning achievement. Um, and he, you know, he covered boxing. Baseball was his, his thing. He would ride on the train every day from Chicago to Chicago to somewhere else. I can't remember. Um, but during that time, he would get like the day before the next day's paper because it would come out on the East Coast and he would be traveling West. Um, so he would already have everything that happened the day before. So by the time he got further West and changed time zones, he was the first one bringing the news out that to that side. Um, wow. So that was something really cool. He did another Sounds story. Like a that, one man AP wire. <laughs> basically, but 1920s, 30, 40 style, you know. Uh, that's uh, cool. And so another another kind of folklore story, not folklore because it's it's true. Um, it's from my great aunt. She told the story because she was there, but he actually knew Jackie Robinson in Chicago. Um, and you know, they spoke, they had a relationship and one day when Jackie, you know, I don't, you guys have probably seen 42, um, all that fun stuff. Um, so he, there was a time where he just wanted to quit, like before, before everything happened, before he signed, he just wanted to completely quit baseball, just be done, walk away, never look back at any athletic field again. Um, and it was actually Faye who talked him into staying with baseball, to talk him into staying with it, to not give up, to not quit, and to keep going. Um, so not that he's the whole reason, because, you know, Jackie's wife was a big part of it as well. Um, but Jackie, from what I know from Faye, has a really small, had a really small circle. It wasn't huge. It was really small. Um, and Faye was part of that. So it's really cool. Um, I do have to shout out. Donna Halper from the SABR Bio Project. She wrote a full workup on Faye. That's actually a lot where I get a lot of my information from is her. She's super nice. She's just a nice, awesome person. Um, and yeah, so just wanted to shout her out because she deserves a ton of credit. Um, she's covered other female African-American sports writers from around that same time that were influenced by Faye, and she has a lot of great work on the uh, Sabre Bio Project website, so. Yeah, That's I'm pulling awesome. it up. It's uh, Sabre, S-A-B-R dot org, and yep. you can go to the Bio Project for Faye Young, right? I'm looking at it right now. This is really well written. It's it's really well detailed. There's a there's a bunch of cross-referencing and footnoting and things like that. It's This is extensive. Very, very cool. That's awesome. So, I mean, really, I feel like the big connection here is, I mean, we've all we've all heard of the Negro Leagues. And part of what sparked this conversation between Jewel and I was when Major League Baseball announced that they were basically adopting the Negro Leagues into and considering them Major League Baseball teams, which means that players, guys who played in, in the Negro Leagues can be voted into the Hall of Fame, right? That, is that exactly what that means? That's part of it, but their stats are like included. Mm -hmm, so yeah. their stats are part of baseball. So like Bob Gibson, a lot of Negro League historians consider him the actual home run king. Um, he, he technically has the record, but 
MLB still working through all the stats from the Negro League, and there's so many different leagues of the Negro League and different time frames because they were shut down for a period of time, like they just stopped. Yeah. Uh, right around World War II, and then they picked back up again, but then Jackie Robinson, and then more signings happened after that. So then they kind of just died out, and uh, you know they were doing everything they could to bring in any athletes. They actually had women playing in the Negro League for a period of time. Um, and it was mixed in between. So MLB sorting. So technically, if you take that, then the, the MLB technically had women play for it too, um, which there is pretty go. cool from that. But yeah, it's it's interesting how it's how it all relates. So we'll see how it unfolds. I assume it will happen over the next year. Um, we'll see the stats kind of all come to the surface as they process some and whatnot. Well, and, and you know, yeah, that's a really exciting development. Yeah. And the, and the first one that comes to mind for me is Satchel Page, just because, I mean, you hear people talk about Satchel Page, like he was the, he was the greatest pitcher of all time, you know, but he doesn't get any recognition because he didn't actually come into MLB until he was in his forties. And, you know, but all that time he spent in the Negro leagues, like he'll finally get recognition for that. And that's exactly. really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And like Hank Aaron was the last player who just passed away. Um, rest in peace. Um, but he was the last player to actually play in the Negro League and then in the MLB. Um, so that's kind of, that's how recent, like, the Negro Leagues were in terms of, like, baseball history. Um, you know, within the last 50 years, we finally gotten to the point in the MLB, which is nice to see the progression, you know. Uh, it's, it's nice, so. Mm, it yeah. really is. So I recently visited the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum in Kansas City, and I, I've said it a hundred times, but if you haven't had an opportunity to go do that, go do that. Um, just do what I do. If, here's, here's the right way. Get a, get a buddy, <laughs> rent an RV that you've never done before, nothing like that, and, and drive, you know, 1,500 miles in, three, in one day, honestly, and then turn around and come back. Um, that's the right way to do it if you're going to do it <laughs> no but it takes honestly it, you could spend three whole days perusing the negro leagues baseball museum and never get through the whole thing it was a tremendous experience start to finish the history is like i i like to say it's carpeted in history and it really feels that way it's so dense yeah have you had a chance to go to the negro league museum I, joel when i was a little kid i was taken there probably when i was like nine or ten eight or nine um i actually had family that lived in kansas city um and so i remember going out there when i was like nine or something and i remember us going there um when i was young but i don't remember it uh, but i hope mm. to go back in the near nearish future yeah probably not nearly as, ex as significant to a nine-year-old as especially as it would be now knowing what you know right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah at the time it's just you know a really cool baseball museum but now yeah now like absolutely significant that's that's awesome yeah, that's really cool. Um, but Jewel, I, I actually have a few questions for you. As All a right. Mariners fan, a Mariners fan. Okay. I I'm I just want to switch gears here a little bit. <laughs> Briggs a Yankees <laughs> fan, so he he can go go do whatever he wants to do for a minute. But uh yeah. but Jewel, I made a prediction. I just I wanna I want to get your opinion on this. I made a prediction earlier this year or end of last year, something like that, that the Mariners uh the Mariners are going to win a World Series this decade sometime. I I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. 
Um, and I've actually been thinking that for about two years now uh, with you know the progress of the rebuild, kind of just how is everything flowing, um, kind of where we're at. I mean, next, next off season, we, I think the Mariners have like 25 million in committed payroll before arbitration. And the opening day payroll from like 2017 or 18 was like 189 million. Um, and so they have bucos of money to spend, especially after this off season where they handed out maybe like 25 million in contract total. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think if that, if that, um, but no, I, I agree. I think the Mariners are the sleeper, the sleeping giant of the AL West. Um, just because of the talent that's coming. I mean, outfields are going to have Kyle Lewis, Jared Kelnick, and Julio Rodriguez by the end of this year, if not next year. Um, Two of those guys are top five prospects in Major League Baseball. The other one is just rookie of the year. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. That's going to be the best outfield in baseball in, in three years. And then we have a gold glove first baseman, a gold glove shortstop. Mm -hmm. We won't have Kyle Sear, but I wouldn't be shocked if he came back on a cheaper deal. Um, mm hmm hopefully and, and i could i could actually second. see i could see seager i could see the mariners moving on from him or him retiring just because i mean he's had kind of a resurgence the last two years he's been fantastic mm -hmm. it's like he's refound his prime but by the time the mariners are ready to actually win i don't know if they're either going to move on from him or if he's going to be ready to retire um or and then if they're going to make that their big money spot their big leadership spot you know at third base but yeah. i feel like i feel like the problem is pitching and i know that those guys are really oh, young yeah. right now but you got to get that bullpen sorted out yeah the bullpen right? i i think the rotation showed an, an insane amount of upside last year um you know kikuchi his era wasn't pretty or his fit but Oof. you look you dig a little bit deeper he only gave up like three home runs his fastball velocity was average about 96 um just all his deeper metrics you take you look a little bit deeper under the surface he was a great pitcher um, mm -hmm. but of course those things still happen, but he was, he was great underneath the surface, you know, and then you got Sheffield and Dunn who looked decent last season. And then Margavikis, Davikis looked surprisingly decent. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the bullpen's where they're going to have to spend some money. Definitely. Cause and, I, I felt like they had games. They're in just about every game, you know. I mean, there were guys who had their had their bad days, like they do, but they're in just about every game into the fifth, sixth, seventh inning, and the bullpen comes in. And it's a close game. You're like, no chance. Yeah, no, no it chance. was. They they were there too. They were there until the last day of the season. They finished one game away from the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then they were they were right there the whole time, and then, you know, it was it was so close, and even, you know. Whatever they decide to do at third base and second base come this season, next season, because Seager's con last year of his contract this year. So, you know, we'll kind of see, and hopefully we'll see something from Mitch Hanniger and Tom Murphy coming back. So should be an exciting year. You know, the AL West is looking bleak come 2022, especially. So, yeah, you know, and that's Easy one thing I talked about. That's one thing I talked about the Mariners too, is that it feels like Jerry Depoto has it had it timed out just right that the prospects mm -hmm. will hit when the Astros have to get rid of everybody because they don't want to pay anybody. Yep. Right. So here's hoping. I'm glad that I'm not the only one who's like 
wildly optimistic about the Mariners' chances because sometimes I feel like I'm the only one, especially with what no. I see on social media. I'm excited for Logan Gilbert this year, um, Hancock some point, hopefully next year, mm-hmm. um, George Kirby. You know, there's just so many pick mm-hmm. start rotation pieces. There's just not enough bullpen pieces yep. to go around, but there's plenty there's plenty still available. I'm kind of shocked they haven't even tried to go after like a Rosenthal or someone just out there to improve a little bit on a two-year, three-year deal, two-year deal. So, Yep. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Brig, you started to say something. Sorry. Well, I cut you off. No, it's okay. I just wanted to give uh, Jewel a chance to talk about his blog. It's the ballboyblog.com, correct? Yes, correct. Now you're giving up to date baseball information on there. I see a blog post here from uh what is it, four hours ago. Now obviously yeah, this so isn't that one was supposed to go out this morning, but I <laughs> I put eight PM and not AM on my schedule. Hey man, uh, we, we all do we know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that latest one's my my power rankings um that I just started about three weeks ago. Um so yeah, the whole the whole blog started, it was actually supposed to start as a podcast about a year ago. Um, with a friend of mine and you know it ended up not working out but I already had like 25 pieces of content just ready so I went through I edited them to making a blog post and then started posting them and this kind of kept going Um, and then this this year back in October or August I actually switched over to its own website uh, that I built through Wix Uh, and then started adding on, you know, the power rankings, uh, all my yearly reviews, uh, you know, weekly around the horn, which is all the news from around the league for the last week. Just kind of recap real quick. Uh, I got some fantasy baseball stuff started and going out for each position on your targets and where you should target them. In my opinion, obviously I'm not a professional, but uh, I've been playing fantasy baseball for about 12 years. So, uh, well. So, you know, I have all just a good variety of different content on the, on the blog. Um, So it's been a lot of fun over the last year, year or so to kind of go through it and just stay up to date and research. It's definitely a nice stress reliever and something just to kind of look forward to, um, to be able to do so. Yeah. Yeah. It's in my blood. It's in my blood. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I like that you've been at uh, fantasy baseball for what'd you say 12 years? That's yep. a lot more than I can say. I think, let me yep. think back on how many times I've played fantasy baseball. So my N- none. <laughs> it's too complicated for me. It's it's the chess. It's chess. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. A fantasy but with, sport. But with 400 chess pieces. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. it's a lot. And so I enjoy have, I usually play in like two or three leagues every year. Wow, seriously. Yeah. So Different for the formats. people for the people listening then, you know, if you need insights into fantasy baseball, I mean, this is the way this is where I would start looking if Brad like tried to talk me into playing fantasy baseball or whatever, I would probably <laughs> Well, and I was going to say blog. like I was going to say you say that you're not a fantasy professional, but let's be honest, the professionals aren't really professionals either. When cuz I play fantasy football every year and I don't listen to the professionals, I do the opposite of what they tell me because it seems to work out better. So, <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, no, I definitely one of my 
best years of my first championship I ever won. And Briggs might, might or might not like this. It was when our longtime Seattle Mariner, A-Rod, uh, <laughs> came back from steroids. And he was hitting like 285. He hit like 20 home runs, you know, down the stretch. And he was like just so consistent that year. And I think A-Rod has one of the best swings since, since forever. If you just look at his swing, it's before steroids, after steroids. Uh, it was there. And so New York Yankee A-Rod led me to my first fantasy baseball championship. Oh, so, I'm happy for you, but I'm confused. <laughs> I was too, but a, a championship's a championship. You know? Yeah, that's right. You so, the ship in the harbor. so Jewel, I have, I have an A-Rod question for you then. So if, if you can put your fantasy baseball feelings aside against A-Rod, would you, given everything, would you put A-Rod in the Hall of Fame? I would absolutely. I actually just wrote a Hall of Fame piece um, of the results. So that came on. The Hall of Fame was announced on the 26th of January with zero inductees, as we know. Uh, Kurt Schilling should have been inducted. Um, but on that, I put my 10 guys who I thought should have been on in the Hall of Fame, uh, who I would have voted for. And that includes Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Gary Sheffield, um, Andy Pettit, all four of those guys are connected to steroids. And, you know, we could go on to forever, but I think just how inconsistent the commissioners have been over the decades between Sealing and Manfred for punishments. I mean, you look at the Astros, but you look at Pete Rose, and then you look at steroids. Um, but what it comes down to is the got to add that in, but you also have to account for um, you know, what they did on the field and how they did it on the field. You know, there was 40, 50, 60, 70 plus players juicing during that time. And Clemens and Bonds and Sosa just did it better. In my opinion, I think they just did it better. And there are so many players doing it. There are so many. So it's hard to argue against the ones that were great at it and truly used it to enhance the performance and guys who just use it one off and had one great year like Brett Boone um, for example and guys who did it for 20 years so yeah yeah and that's no I, I understand think there's that a... argument totally with you know all, the field being basically being level with so many guys juicing and those guys were still that much better I understand the argument doesn't mean yeah. I have to like it but I understand it right Sorry, go ahead, and I was oh, going to say that's there for sure. There's a lot of people that agree with you. So you're definitely not alone in your opinions. And, you know, they never, Clemens never tested positive. Bonds never tested positive. And the guys that did test positive, A-Rod, he took a suspension and then he came back and still played. You know, he took it, he owned it. But then you get a guy like Manny Ramirez who's still getting votes, but he had that second test. And he was supposed to be out a whole year and he just decided to retire and so decided to take the punishment. Yeah. Um, that's where it kills it for Manny Ramirez for me. But next year's ballot is is juiced. I mean, you got A-Rod coming on, David Ortiz. He's coming on. Like it's literally juiced, like yeah. you know, Bonds, Clemens, Schilling in their tenth year. Yeah. And it just yeah. it's gonna be hard to not elect all these players. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Good thing it's done by percentage. Um, <laughs> yeah. With, 
with 14 blank ballots that get to be considered. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Jewel, I have, I just have one more question for you. Speaking of the whole steroids thing, A-Rod, all that, have you read the book Bloodsport? It's I the one, it's, have not. I've heard of it. It's the, the A-Rod biogenesis story. Um, okay. I highly recommend getting on it ASAP oh. because yes, it's like a crime thriller. It reads like a crime thriller. It's, it's amazing. We chose not to talk about it just because uh, like on as its own episode, just because there are certain aspects of that, that we feel like we cannot share our opinion because we might not make it through the next week living. So, <laughs> so it, it's really good. Yeah. It's a really yeah. good book. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, when it comes to A-Rod in particular, like he was great before steroids when he was a Mariner and then went into the early part of his Rangers career and then into a Yankees career. He came back from it. He came back from the steroids and still put up, you know, consistent numbers um, into his late 30s. So it was a sustained period of great, of great play. You know, that's kind of what the argument is for A-Rod. I think A-Rod is a Hall of Famer. You take the steroids out of it, you know, before or after he was, he would, he would have been there. Even with the slap though. I mean, come on, man. I mean, he was in pinstripes and everything. It's like, you should, like, like, whoops, you shouldn't have done that. You lose points, but then you did it in pinstripes. And now you're like bottom of the barrel. Like, I mean, there any, should be any player who puts on pinstripes is bottom of the barrel. So, whoa. Oh, oh boy. Wow. Wow. I walked right into that. Shoot. Yeah. I mean, they just get hurt. You trade for them from the Marlins, and they just hurt, <laughs> and you're paying them thirty million dollars a year. I mean, he's listened. He's listened to you, Bray. <laughs> I know. I you know what I just feel like podcast. just happened. I just feel like I just I feel, feel like I charged the mound against Nolan Nolan Ryan, <laughs> and I just got put in a headlock and got the noogies. Thanks, or you just got a Mariana Rivera slider or cutter. I mean, <laughs> oh man, that was amazing. That was epic, man. That All was right, so good. Well, let's and get out of here on that note. That. that was fantastic. Right. Again, check out Jules' blog, theballboyblog.com. Um, sounds like he's got some great content on there. Go, go take a look and, and check it out. He'll have some great stuff for you. Jewel, thanks again for joining us. That was fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it listeners listen to these guys follow them these guys are great um and go order some raise energy while you're at it so that's right no doubt it'll help you make it'll help you make great friends um like <laughs> that's Greg's a and true Brad fact here. so <laughs> and you fact. can hear light at the same it's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks jewel all right thanks guys thanks jewel all right a big thank you to jewel young of the ball boy blog we really appreciated him coming on with us but before we get going, we wanted to remind you to jump on 9plusus.com, jump on the shop. we got some great stuff on there for you. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Brig and I, and Brig and I uh, have been working really hard to get some stuff together for you, some really cool stuff that's coming down in the next couple months. We will keep you updated on that. And, uh, well, actually, I'll be honest, there's going to be be a big, uh, like I guess you could say a hullabaloo when it all comes down. Um Got some fun stuff coming for you. We're really excited. Don't forget to jump on BaseballTogether.com where you can watch the podcast. You can listen to the podcast. Give us a like, subscribe, rate, review wherever you can on any of your podcasting apps. And Baseball Family, we will catch you next week. Mm